Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we bless you. I bless you. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us tonight in your word, revealing yourself to us, encouraging us, Lord, inspiring us to live for you, to serve you all the days of our life. We open our hearts to you and to your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, hallelujah. Oh, just a reminder, uh, the last Sunday of this month, uh, the 25th, Pastor Jim Jorgensen will be with us. So um, plan on coming. It's going to be a great time. I, I just love it when Jim, I always say that, but I just it's, I really appreciate when Jim comes. We're going to have a good time. Hallelujah. So Monday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, the 25th of April, uh, he'll be here. So praise God. Genesis chapter 2. The book of beginnings. In Genesis chapter 2. And in verse 15, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate and to keep it. In the original creation, man worked. God placed him in the garden to keep it and to cultivate it and to keep it. Work didn't start after the fall. It just got harder because the ground was cursed and the Bible says it'll produce thorns and thistles. You know, it's just going to be hard. But people worked. People worked. And, and, and I, was, I'm just, I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about work, I, I, our Christianity, how it applies to our work because most Christians uh, are, are in the world. They're working in the world. They're out there every day and uh, they're not... They're not around spiritual people. They're not working in the things of the church. They're working in the world. And so I just want to share with you a little bit about how our Christianity really should uh, apply, is not the right word, influence us as we, as we go into the world and, and work. Hallelujah. And the Bible, you know, I was reading in, in um, Isaiah, I think it was Isaiah chapter 61. It says the wealth of the nations is going to be brought to the Lord. Even, even in the new heaven and the new earth, we're going to be bringing the wealth of the nation. We're going to be working. We're going to be bringing the wealth of the nations to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, uh, anyway, work, 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 work. Everybody say work. Hallelujah. Not like Dobie Gil... What was it? Who used to say work, work? Anyway, I'm losing it tonight. It's interesting to me that the, uh, 
the creator of the universe, the eternal son of God, when he came to earth as Jesus of Nazareth, was born into a really a working class family. His father was a carpenter. He wasn't born into a family of influence, into a family of wealth or power or position, but he was born into a, a, a working family. And the Bible says that when Jesus walked the earth, he said, I came here, I did not come to be served, but to what? But to serve. What does that mean? I came to, to do, to work, to do what the Father called me to do. There's a lot of scripture in the word of God that concerns work and concerns, uh, there's a dozen scriptures in, in Proverbs that talk about the sluggard. I, I just want to read a couple you know, lazy. Now, God never, God doesn't want us to be lazy. But I just, I want to go with, a, just read a, read a few in Proverbs. I want to read some scriptures about work just for a minute. Here. In Proverbs chapter 13, in verse 4, it says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. Hallelujah. And that doesn't mean... Uh, round, it means prosperous. In Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 4, the sluggard does not plow in autumn, after autumn, so he begs during the harvest and has nothing. And then I'll just read one more in Proverbs 21 and verse 25. The desire of the sluggard puts him to death, for his hands refuse to work. All day long he is craving while the righteous gives and does not hold back. The Apostle Paul speaks of work uh, in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, in the chapter, in the, in, the, in the part of his letter where he's talking about wives and husbands and wives' relationship. He's talking about children be obedient to your parents. He's talking about fathers raising their children. And then he says this, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5, it says, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters. Well, we don't have slaves today. Uh, well, I know probably some people feel like they're kind of in a slavish environment. But we, don't have, but we do have employers and employees. And that's why I look at this. That's how I apply this today. So really, let me, let me just kind of take that liberty and say, uh, Employees, be obedient to those who are your employers. According to the flesh, your your employers according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers. I'm just doing. It. I'm doing enough to get by. I'm doing enough to get my paycheck. I'm just here. I'm putting. I'm punching the clock, but my heart's not in it. I'm just doing enough. I'm just doing enough to keep the boss happy. Not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men. See, when, we, when you're working, you, every one of us, when we work, regardless of our position, when we're working, we're saying we're doing this as unto the Lord. We're doing it to serve God. Not, we're not so much to please men, but to please our Heavenly Father. Knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And then he talks to not just the workers, but also the employers. He says, employers, do the same thing to them. Give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. And he says the same thing pretty much in the book of Colossians. And, uh, 
and in first in first Thessalonians chapter four and verse eleven it says make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and to attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you. So Paul is that's what part of part of Paul's teaching when he went about talking about the new birth, you need to get saved, you need to walk. But part of it was you need to be, you need to work. You need to work. He who steals, steal no longer, but work and produce something with your hands, Paul said. So God expects people to work. Now, I understand some people are beyond that. They're, they're, some people are in a position where they can't work, and some people are in a position where they, they're no longer working, they're retired. But for those of you who are, uh, if, 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 that, if that's you, if you don't need to listen to this, you can play a game on your phone while the others listen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm looking at those who I know work, so pay attention. Praise God. Work is important. We need to work. But when, we, when, work, when work becomes... Um, the, 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 the way to find fulfillment in our life so that we can only feel good about ourselves when I'm successful at work. When work becomes all-consuming, all uh, when, work, when work is how we value ourselves, when work is how we gain prestige and reputation, how we get noticed and recognized, when it's all about us, we have to be very careful because it, it begins to consume you, and it can, because we want to do a good job but it can't just be all about us and work. When we, when we live our lives totally taken up by work, it's destructive to relationships because it puts work ahead of career, uh, and career uh, above people. How many marriages have been ruined by selfish, self-seeking individuals whose career is more important than their marriage relationship? And I'll tell you, and and I've, I'll say this about the ministry. I've known pastors. I've seen pastors who have lost. Really, they've lost their families. They've lost their kids. They ended up with divorce because they say, "Well, God's called me to the ministry," and the ministry becomes their their marriage. Benny Hinn and his wife got divorced because she knew that he was. Benny Benny said it himself. He said, "I was more married to the ministry than I was my wife." Now they're back together again. But pastors have missed it if they lose their family over ministry. Your family, family comes before even ministry. Family is the most important thing beside God. We need to honor one another and love one another and not be so selfish that my career is the most important thing in my life. We have to be very careful about that. I remember listening to Charles Stanley one time, and he said, he said, even if I'm preparing my message for Sunday, even if it's Saturday evening and I'm putting the final touches on my message and one of my kids wants to talk to me when I'm in my study, they're always welcome. They're always welcome to come in and, and, and talk to me and ask me a question or, or do what they have to do. I'm never going to turn my kids away because you know, I'm too busy for you because I'm preparing a message. It's so important that we keep the right attitude when we work. God has ordained that we work, but for the right reasons. God wants us to be examples of selfless service, honesty, and integrity in, in all aspects of life, in industry, in the arts, in education, in government, 
You know, let the Christians, you know, the Bible says we're to go into all the world and, and it says preach the gospel. Well, yeah, we're supposed to go into all, in all aspects of the world, in government, in arts, in, in, in business, all aspects, and just be a witness for honesty and integrity of what, of, and be a light in the world for God. Hallelujah. God wants us to be faithful. You know, I was thinking of Joseph and Daniel. Administrators in pagan kingdoms worked for pagan kings, two of the greatest men in the Bible. But they, their services were rendered and they changed the hearts and the minds of people that they influenced. Hallelujah. So how should Christianity influence our work? Well, I'm just going to give briefly give you three things tonight. First of all, uh, Christianity should give us an identity uh, apart from uh, our work. Now, our work can't just be our, our, our identity. And this applies probably more to the area of a, what you might call a white-collar worker, not exclusively, but maybe more to that area, but where your profession gives you a, an identity. You feel your significance. You feel your self-worth because you're a successful entrepreneur or a successful politician or a successful entertainer or a successful athlete or a successful doctor or lawyer, whatever. But your success becomes who you are. The problem is, though, that when, we, when our work becomes our identity, when that becomes uh, the thing that gives us value in life and worth, uh, when, when you get successful so many times, it goes to your head. And, uh, and it gives you an inflated opinion of who you are, and it makes you feel that you're superior and that, and that you're competent in every, every area of life. You know, I tell you, I remember the last... When the last election was going on, or when we were leading up to the last presidential election, and they kept having all these Hollywood people talk about uh, the candidates. And I remember yelling at my wife. I wasn't yelling at my wife, but I was yelling in the presence of my wife. And I was saying, why does anybody listen to them? They're, they're Hollywood actors. What makes them politically savvy? You know, why do they think they can, be, they, they can make comments on politicians just, be, just because they're actors? in Hollywood, or singers. You know, that, that doesn't qualify. But it happens all the time. People who are successful in life think that they, they're above, they, they, their opinion matters about everything. And it doesn't. You know, you ought to say, you know, I'm a good actor, but I don't know nothing about politics, so forget me. Skip, go to somebody else. Go to somebody that knows what they're talking about. Because I sure don't. Hallelujah. When work becomes our identity, it's dangerous. You get puffed up with pride. When you make the quality of your work the measure of your worth. I heard someone say that one time. You got to watch out. You don't make the quality of your work the measure of your worth. Success will give you a superiority complex. It makes you feel like you're better than those who are less talented or less wealthy or less positioned or less influential than you. The problem with work uh, being your identity is not just that part, but the, the opposite is also true. When the quality of your work becomes the measure of your worth and, and you're not successful, when, when there's failure, it can be just totally destructive. Emotionally, physically, financially, people commit suicide 
because you know, their, their identity is their work and it, and it doesn't work, it failed. When our lives are wrapped up in our work and you're not successful, it makes you feel inferior, it makes you feel like a failure, makes you feel incompetent, and uh, you, you want to just throw your hands up and give up. And it can destroy you, it really can. And the same applies to relationships. When my, when my life is wrapped up in a, in a person, in an individual, and that, and that ceases to be. Or when that person doesn't praise me and worship me like I want her to or him to, it destroys you. And as we see that so many times, even recently, where people are murdering people because, like, you know, if I can't have her, no one's going to have her. I'm going to kill her, I'm going to kill the kids or whatever. It's terrible. It's a, it's a, it's a, a demon and we can't put up with it. But when you come to God, God gives you identity different than, than who you are at work. When we come to the Lord, we find that God loves us for who we are, not for our performance. He loves us in spite of our shortcomings. He loves us in spite of our flaws. It's a, it's, a, it's a received identity, not an achieved identity. I'll say that again. When you come to God, it's a received identity instead of an achieved identity. And we, and we just, and we, does God want us to fail? No. Does he want us to succeed? Absolutely. But that's not the, that's not the whole of our life, is not work. It's God now says, I'll take you through whatever happens. If you succeed, praise the Lord. But that will just give, I'll give all the credit to God. If I fail, it won't destroy me. I'll, give, I'll, I'll hang in there with God and keep going in Jesus' name. Success won't corrupt me and failure won't destroy me. Christianity gives us an identity that God loves us, that God accepts us, and God loves us just for who we are. So we need to work heartily as under the Lord, uh, but also... Know that God, you're a Christian and God loves you. Hallelujah. The second point, I just want to make three points tonight. Second one is uh, Christianity should make us value uh, all work and all workers. You know, in the Psalms, it talks about God taking care of us, that God feeds us. You know, he gives rain and he causes the grass to grow. He causes the trees to grow. God does all these things in order to feed us. But food doesn't just appear on your table. Come on, somebody say amen. Someone has to grow it. Someone has to process it. Someone has to get it to market. So every, every job along the way, if God is the one who feeds his people, then everyone who's helping do that is doing God's work. God provides for his creation uh, through some of what we would consider, a lot of what we would consider uh, menial tasks or menial labors, jobs that aren't that challenging, jobs that, uh, that don't require much talent, God, jobs that maybe don't pay that much. <clears throat> Excuse me, menial or not, we need to value all work and all workers because they're all contributing to the whole, to the system functioning. It's, it's the simple tasks that makes things happen. Praise the Lord. A corporate executive may feel like he's better than others 
because of his position, because of his salary, his influence, and his social standing. Uh, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that he depends on that he doesn't think about. You know, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be very happy if the housekeeper didn't clean up his room in his five-star hotel. He wouldn't be very happy if the farmer didn't grow some food and someone process it and someone truck it to the market and someone bring it over so he can eat in his fancy restaurant. You know, he wouldn't be very happy if somebody didn't, somebody didn't work the assembly line in the automobile factory so he could drive his fancy car. You know, there's so many people that are working behind the scenes to make things happen. You know, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people just doing, this, doing the simple things in life that seem to have no purpose, to seem not to matter that much, but they matter tremendously. <clears throat> it's all part of what, it's all part of the whole picture. It's not just a few people that are that important. We're all important. And when you, when you begin to see that, you begin to value everyone. I value that farmer that gets himself dirty, <clears throat> that works his heart out. I value that truck driver. I value that chef. I value that housekeeper, that woman that's cleaning every day. I've, they're valuable. They're doing God's work, and we need to appreciate them. But Christianity will give, you that, <clears throat> will give you that perspective that all people are valuable and all work is valuable. <clears throat> there isn't, you know, we're not better. We're just different. We have a different place. We have a different, um, different financials. But we're not better. We're just different. God takes care of his creation through human labor. So we, we should see all work as God's work and appreciate it. Not look down on it, not disdain it, but, but honor it, whether someone else is doing it or we're doing it. And those who are doing what you might call some of those menial labor jobs, they need to, they need to see it as serving God. I'm serving the Lord and I'm serving my fellow man. And God wants us to do our work well, even the simplest task, to bless him, to please him. Hallelujah. And finally, Christianity. What does Christianity have to do with our work? It gives, it gives us a moral standard uh, that, keeps us, that keeps work from corrupting us. Our Christianity keeps us honest and fair and ethical in areas where there's uh, maybe no precedent or no uh, legal requirement, but people compromise. You know, in the, there was some movies that came out a while back I didn't see them, but I, I saw a couple of clips on, on YouTube. One of them was called The Big Short, and the other one was called uh, Margin Call. And it was about, there were movies uh, about the, the, housing, the housing crisis and the, the economic crisis that came in the 90s. And there was a lot in there, and it showed how people were just, comp people were bending the rules, people were doing some things that were absolutely illegal, but a lot of times they would, they would just, uh, bending the rules or compromising, they weren't do, they weren't following sound business practices. Why? Because people on the top were pushing them. There was this pressure on the workers to succeed. And this, I remember the one guy came into the office once of the, of this whole group of, of guys, happened to be guys uh, that were writing mortgages, subprime mortgages, and they were and somebody would call up and say, "I'd like a mortgage for." Uh, I want to get a mortgage. I feel like I can afford 125000 And the guy said, no, 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 no. We'll get you into a mortgage of 325000 You know, and, and, and they did that because the, the more the mortgage, the greater their fees. And they were compromising. They were doing all kinds of stuff under the table. And, and it 
caused a tremendous economic hardship for tons of people. The foreclosures on their homes, lost jobs, it was a mess. But it was because they were, they were not honest. Christianity will make us honest. Well, God wants us to be honest, upright, to have integrity in the, in the marketplace, to not allow the pressures of, of, of success to, comp, to cause us to compromise what we know is right. God, God is a good God, and God wants us to be good, and God wants us to be upright, hallelujah, in everything that we do and say. Pastor Tim Keller <clears throat> talked about a woman who came to his church. Since she was, I recognized her as, as, as a visitor, and she came for two or three weeks in a row, and I finally went over to talk to her one day, and he said, to, I said to her, how, how, did you, how, did you come, how did you come to come to our church? What, what brought you to our church? And she said, well, uh, I, she said, he, he said she worked for a, what do you call, a television network, uh, one, of the, one of the large television, and she had a, a fairly important job. And she'd been promoted into this new job, and she, was, and she was like doing real well. But she did something, she said she did something that was really stupid, didn't say what it was, but she did something that was really stupid that was probably going to cost her her job. But her, but her boss, who was also uh, very high-ranking and very well-respected, her boss threw himself under the, under the bus, you might say, and said, no, it's my fault that she did that. I should have trained her different. And, and he lost a lot of uh, influence, you might say, and a lot of, uh, well, I'll say he lost a lot of influence with his bosses, because of that. Anyway, she went to him and she said, why did you do that for me? Why did you take the blame for something that I did? And he said, uh, well, because I, I, you have potential. You're a good worker. It was a bad mistake. We'll make sure it doesn't happen again. But uh, I like you and I think you can do a good job. And uh, I think I'm going to keep you instead of fire. She said, no, 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 no. I don't believe it. Why? There's something else. Why did you do that? Why did you take the blame for me? And she kind of pressured him and pressured him. And finally he said, you know what? I'll tell you why, but I'll only tell you once. He said, I'm a Christian. And I know that God took the blame for me when I didn't deserve to be forgiven. And so I'm taking the blame. I'll take the blame for you because of what God did for me. And, and she said, and, and here's this guy. And she said, the first thing the woman said to him was, where do you go to church? <laughs> but he was, a, he, was, he was a light in the world. You know, you know it's, sometimes it's not always about passing out tracts. Sometimes it's living the Christian life, to being a witness where we, where we are, to be honest, to not compromise, to do things right, to do things that are ethically right. And God wants that for all of us. Hallelujah. So Christianity. Christianity is the answer to the... I'm telling you, it's the answer to the world. The world gets wrapped up in itself. It gets wrapped up in its jobs. It, it becomes the most important thing. But God says, no, don't let your job become the most important thing. Don't look down on others who are doing less maybe than you. And be honest. Keep it honest. Walk upright before God and we'll be a witness in Jesus' name. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you one other funny. <clears throat> this kind of tickled me a little bit. He said, uh, he said how, does, how does an airline pilot do a good job? What, what, what is a Christian airline pilot? How does he do his job well? 
by going down the aisle and passing out tracks? He said, no. He does his job well by landing the airplane, by bringing it home safe and bringing everybody in safe. And that's what we will. So walk with God. Let him be your identity. Let him be your security. Let him be the one who satisfies you. And we'll serve him all the days of our life and be witnesses in the world as we go about our jobs in Jesus' name. And Father, I just thank you for using us, Lord, in the world, for for letting us be lights in the darkness, like a city set on a hill, light and salt in the earth, as we, your people, go about doing our secular jobs, living for you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.